You're listening to the Side Hustle Gal podcast with your hosts, Danny Fountain and Caitlin Allen. Hello, and welcome back to the Side Hustle Gal podcast. I'm so excited to share that we have Nadine Fonseca with us today. Um, she's the founder of Mighty Kind Kids, and I'm going to toss it over to you to tell us what you do, what's going on. Yes, yeah, so I started Mighty Kind Kids as kind of a daydream early last year, um, really looking for opportunities to kind of cultivate and curate more opportunities for diversity for my children. Um, I was born and raised in the San Francisco Bay Area, and so I saw, you know, firsthand for 20 years that I lived there, what diversity in action really looks like and what a, a true melting pot really is. Um, and it has, and it has its, you know, upsides and downsides um but just to have the opportunity to see all of all of the different people and places and cultures and foods and really food food was the main thing um but all, all of the other things are just really awesome and when we moved away um and i was raising my four children my heart really longed for those opportunities for them and so i found myself trying to uh really like curate these little like hey let's go to that danish festival hey let's go to that fiesta celebrating you know um whatever and and so we really uh, we're trying to kind of put these things together but after a while we found that um we weren't the only ones that other parents were looking for these for these same opportunities um and i thought well you know it'd be fun as a magazine because you're constantly finding new opportunities. You're constantly finding, you know, new avenues to explore, new places, etc. But um, with a magazine, you're constantly getting updated information, right? It's not like a book that's going to be out of date the second you publish it. Um, and also, we wanted to be able to find actionable service items. We sent out a survey uh, at the end of 2018 to over 500 parents. Um, that we got responses from from over 22 different countries and overwhelmingly the feedback was that people wanted more opportunities to teach their children kindness and more opportunities for young kids to be able to be involved in service opportunities um, because oftentimes we think of soup kitchens or donating coats and you know little kids can only do so much in those more traditional type service opportunities but what they don't realize is that there's lots of projects that little hands can do like you know let's do a no-so dog toy for shelter animals right and little kids can do that they can learn to braid or they can learn to tie um so mighty kind slowly became less of a dream and more of reality when one day i kind of woke up and said why not now and why not me like why why keep walking into bookstores hoping i see it on the shelf one day like at some point we need to just realize that kindness was needed just as much yesterday as it is tomorrow um and it's not worth waiting around hoping someone else will pick up the slack <laughs> oh my gosh i totally love that um something that's really big here in the arizona area so i'm from i'm i live in arizona is the be kind project and mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's it's really big and really popular because they offer solutions to do little things with your hands, like while you're in a meeting, a board meeting. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's so amazing. Is your project focused there in Texas or is this magazine for anybody across the country? Actually, it'll be international. So we really don't want to have any sort of 
limitations. I mean, other than other than where someone may not be able to ship to or may have a difficult time, um, geographically, we are not looking at any sort of borders. And so we really want to have um, content projects that can be done within your own community, within your own country, and then international opportunities as well that you can send over. Or if your family's going on vacation, what are the simple things that you can take with you to you know, do some sort of service or project that you can plan ahead for. So it's really going to be for, for everyone. Oh my gosh, this, this is so near and dear to my heart because I just did AmeriCorps VISTA, which is okay. um, domestic peace corps. So I did it for two years here on the border of Arizona and Mexico um, for a tri-cultural multi-million dollar nonprofit. And it's so mind opening how different cultures um, appreciate volunteerism. Mm -hmm. And so I'm super excited to see how your magazine morphs and what it morphs into. Um, how did you, I mean, you talked about getting inspired, but what made you make that leap into creating a business around this? Yeah, you know, I, I have been kind of hustling, I guess, since I was 14, probably younger than that. Uh, I, I unfortunately started off having like a forgery business when I was in, in high school where I would sign people's report cards who were getting bad grades and didn't want to get it to their parents. And it's definitely not recommended by any means, but from a young age, I knew how to kind of market myself and, you know, kind of work things out in a way that was financially beneficial for me. Right. And so, um, once I could kind of hone in on some, um, you know, some more morals, right? <laughs> and a little more maturity. Uh, I was able to funnel that more into to businesses. And so I've had a number of businesses over the years. Some I still have. I have a, um, a digital marketing consulting business that I run. Um, I also have a health and wellness business that, that I uh, coach people on, you know, kind of resetting their bodies. And so this was one more opportunity where I'm like, okay, I could be spreading myself much, much, much thinner. Um, but if I don't, then I'm missing opportunities to show myself and my kids that sacrifices in the name of kindness are always going to be worth it. Um, and so for me, that's when the light bulb went on. And I was like, you know, if I'm running around doing all these different things that aren't making an impact beyond my own pocketbook, then these probably aren't the most worthwhile sacrifices I could be making. And that there's always opportunity to be doing more and giving more, even if it does spread us a little thin. So I've got to ask, um, yeah. for the listeners, you've probably heard some littles tottering around in the background. <laughs> How do you balance not one, not two, but a few businesses <laughs> with being a mom of kids and being a mom so young and all of that? Yeah. So I, um, my first child was born when I was 21 and I was a single mom. Um, and little did I know that a year later, my best friend would hit me up on the phone and be like, you know what? I never thought of anyone else being my wife. I think it's just time. And I had no idea that that was going to be around the corner. And I thought, you know, as, as many single young moms do, like, man, I am, I'm just chained to motherhood. Like, this is what my life is going to be. And I made choices and these are just consequences. Right. And I could be okay with that. And I could still love myself and love my child. Um, but having opportunities to work harder despite those setbacks really kind of amplified my ability to move forward beyond that. So then now, gosh, we're nine years later. So I have four kids. They're two, five, seven, and nine. 
and uh, it is hard. Like it's hard. It's hard to juggle everything. But for me, as a type A micromanaging anal retentive person, it works to my benefit when it comes to juggling businesses and children. And I think really having a mutual respect with my husband to uh, be able to say, "Hey, I, I really need to dedicate this time," and and you know, kind of tag teaming with the children, um, being able to. Uh, really like work in the nooks and crannies of my day, um, you know, kind of giving up on sleep to a certain degree uh, during the week and saying, hey, I will catch up on the weekend because my husband will let me do that. Um, and just knowing like, if, if, if I want the things that I want, not only for myself, for my husband, for my children, and for opportunities for kids around the world, um, I have to be able to sacrifice. Like I have to be able to give the, the comforts of sleeping in or going uninterrupted for emails or things like that. And so really I just micromanage my schedule as much as possible to squeeze the heck out of productivity. <laughs> so that's really no, no like simple answer. It's going to be different for everyone. Yes. Um, how do you, you know, how do you organize that? Do you have a planner? Do you use a Google calendar? Like what is your way of, of uh, scheduling and organizing yourself? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I use a bunch of different softwares. And one thing that I've learned, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Colby A index, um, but it's, it's a, yeah, it's an assessment. I have done. <laughs> yeah, so it's an awesome assessment that helps you understand the way you work and your highest functioning abilities and where you should prioritize your time when it comes to business. And that was a real eye opener for me to be able to understand like, um, I am a systematizer. Like I will systematize anything and everything from color coding our packing schedule for a vacation to everything in between, right? I could, I could roll around and post it notes for the rest of my life and be happy. And so for me, software has been actually a really impactful um, catalyst to productivity. So I use, you know, Acuity to be able to auto schedule my clients. I use Airtable for everything. Um, so it's like Excel on crack. I wish there was a better explanation, but that's all that comes to mind when I think of Airtable. Um, and it's super dynamic and you almost have to like sit down and dedicate the time to it to understand how to best use it for yourself and your project, but it's fantastic. Um, I design all my websites on Squarespace because it's just simple, easy drag and drop, but it also maintains like good SEO. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Google calendars are given. Um, that's the only thing that like saves my marriage is that my husband can see what my crazy schedule looks like. So he knows, okay, today is not the day to pick a fight over the laundry. My, my wife has had back-to-back -back meetings from, you know, 7 a.m. Central Time to 7 p.m. Um, and I'm trying to think what other, what other, as far as project management, I had used Asana for a while, um, but found that I wasn't quite doing all the things I wanted to do. And so I ended up just switching over to ClickUp. And that has been a game changer, and, and especially for the magazine and for the whole team, because I have an editorial team um, who are so kind and so generous in, in volunteering to like take on this dream project with me. But that's been able to really organize us and keep us moving forward and then slack for all of the, all of the chatting. Okay, so I've got to ask, all of this organization, mm -hmm. all of the juggling of the balls, how do you take care of yourself? Because I'm going to guess that it's not the normal, like, bath bombs and wine definition. And that makes <laughs> me so happy. 
I will tell you, we just bought our house a year ago and I fought so hard for that bathtub and I have yet to step foot in it. So that day will come and I will relish in it when it does. Um, but for right now, for me, it is reading, meditation, and the gym. And I'm not like fit by any definition of the word, but it does give me uh, free childcare, right? And it gives me an opportunity to just do something for myself that actually purposefully takes me away from work. Because of my personality, I will work all the time, every time, and not only neglect my family if I don't really schedule them in. And I know that sounds terrible, but for some people, that's just how our brains have to work. Um, but then also it gives me an opportunity to schedule myself in. And so I know every Tuesday and Thursday, I'm going to walk on the treadmill. I'll probably burn five calories. That's okay. But the point is that I'm taking the time for myself. Um, and so for me, it's, you know, going for a walk, it's reading a book that really helps me focus on like personal development, really helps me kind of reframe, you know, have these paradigm shifts where I understand what my place is, what my potential is, um, and just keeps me focused on, you know, the end goals I have. Do you ever take uh, days off for yourself? Like I know that, um, I don't know, some people can't do it. I didn't do it for a long time, but do you ever just have like the day where you shut your phone off and walk away? Um, I do. It's not very, very frequently. And it usually takes place after a large project that I'm working on with one of my marketing clients. You know, we have a big launch or a big event or things like that. And I know that I'm going to be running myself ragged for a couple weeks in a row. Um, and when there's a hard end date, then I kind of shut down for the next couple of days, but it really has to be pre-planned because I have clients that are texting me at two in the morning and emailing me all night long and expecting, you know, and so it really is a matter of every every minute of my life is scheduled for right now. And I know it won't always be that way. Um, but for me, it's a means to an end, but, but including those times off where I said, Hey, you know what? I'm going to dinner with my husband. He has a phone that works just as well for emergencies as mine. So mine is going to stay at home and my clients are going to stay at home and my projects are going to stay at home. So yeah, I, I do, but it's definitely very, uh, pre-planned. And how have you set boundaries? I know you said that, you know, your clients are emailing you at 2 a.m. Are you setting boundaries with them? Um, like knowing that you have certain office hours? Mm -hmm. I do and I don't. There, there are certain clients, the nature of their work does require some around the clock assistance. Um, and especially with different time zones and things like that. And so I don't think when I get a text or an email um, or even a voicemail at two o'clock in the morning, you know, my phone's on sleep mode, night mode, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so unless they call me like two or three times in a row and therefore it is genuinely an emergency, my clients have a pretty good respectful boundary of what an actual emergency is. We have some very clear definitions of what that is. Um, then, then usually they understand like, Hey, it's on my mind right now, but I just want it on your radar. It doesn't necessarily need to be addressed right there in that moment. Um, and so I do have, I do have boundaries as far as when I will reply. You can reach out to me whenever you'd like. Uh, but when I'm good and ready to respond back within business hours, you will hear from me right away. So that, those are the boundaries that I have set. But due to the nature of some of my clients' work, you know, I, I'm not working a nine-to-five by any means. So we've talked a lot about work. I'm mm -hmm. super curious. What do you do for fun? Uh, right now, I'm conducting a youth choir through our church. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, I've been, I've been conducting choir since I was about 13 years old. And so it's a passion of mine. I love doing it and volunteering with the youth and just having a wholesome activity. Music is very therapeutic for me. Um, and so that's really enjoyable to be able to work with, you know, teenagers and 
for them to take the time out of their busy schedules and, and um, kind of allow themselves to, to release that way as well. Um, so music is a big um, thing I do for fun, I guess. Uh, and then we like to eat out. Like that's fun for us. It's not, you know, we have to kind of calm our schedules a little to be able to do that as a whole family. Uh, but we like to eat all sorts of food and our kids have been really awesome eaters. So that's always exciting to try, you know, Mediterranean food and sushi and, you know, Korean barbecue and all these different things with our kids who are really genuinely curious about like, where do they eat this? They want to like look at it on a map or a globe or whatever. And uh, I was like, well, you know, are, is this pasta really from Italy? Probably not, but we can talk about the history of pasta. <laughs> Mac and cheese doesn't quite get it, but uh, we do like to go out to eat and explore, and we like to just experience different um, cultural activities. So, you know, whether it's a parade or a festival or a food, you know, thing or a concert or whatever, we, we like to be able to just go and explore different things and different people, and that way it's not, you know, scary or uncomfortable when you, you cross paths later in life with those things. So we got to know, what is your favorite type of food? Ooh. You know, my family is from Guatemala. I was born and raised here in the States, but Mexican food, Guatemalan food, those are way high up on my love list. Are and, we talking you know, like lotes or like, you know, taco? Like, are we, are we talking like what are we talking here? <laughs> so I would say, <laughs> good question. I would say one of my favorites is uh, the, it's like a potato tamal from Guatemala. Um, those are probably my favorite. Those remind me of my childhood when we used to go to Guatemala for holidays. Those are my favorite. Okay. So on a scale of one to 10, how weird would you say you are? Oh gosh. Easily like 9.7. <laughs> I mean, I rein it in for the sake of like diplomacy and professionalism, but I mean, my kids, they tell me that I have boring hair when I go more than six months without some weird color. So I've gone through red hair and blue hair and green hair and, you know, and so they're like, mom, your hair's so boring when I don't have time to go touch it up. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm definitely out there. And, and now we live close to Austin. We're in, in, in uh, Texas. They say keep Austin weird, and I'm 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 pulling my weight when it comes to. You know. <laughs> I'm pulling my weight. <laughs> well, this has seriously been awesome. Tell folks on the internet where they can find out more about you, where they can find out more about the magazine, mm-hmm. um, and how they can just like keep plugged into what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. We're excited to launch this summer for Mighty Kind, um, and so you can find us at MightyKindKids.com. And then all of our uh, social media handles, so Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook, and even LinkedIn, you can find us at Mighty Kind Kids. Uh, And we'd be excited to have you. We will be running um, a Kickstarter in July um, just to fund the printing and start getting these out into the world. And we're really excited to be able to, to share our message with everyone that I think people are ready to hear and wanting to do more about. I love it so much. Yes. Oh, thank you so much for hanging out today. Thank you guys. This was a blast. Thank you so much.